Hey, what's up, Stay Tuners? It's your good friend Jimbo here, letting you know that today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. I recently joined as a member, and you can too. Apply today and let them know that you heard it from Stay Tuned Sports and you start earning today. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And hello there, all you Stay Tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here, back once again. A little bit of a quiet week, this uh, sports news week. Not too much going on with the first weekend of no football. A little bit sad there. Um, No college football, no NFL. I was hoping for some hockey, but the Flyers were put on postponement if you want to call it that I think they were up to like seven or eight players put on the COVID list um so yeah it was a little bit of a slow week for me and same thing with with the truck series uh the NSRA Simbox truck series league uh took this past Friday off but they are back this Friday so make sure you guys tune in there over on the three wide tv youtube channel um they're at Bristol this week and the race is at 9 30 so, and before all that, make sure you head over to uh, staytunesports.net for our social media accounts as well as our merch tab in case there's some new stuff I'm working on, coffee mugs and other things like that as well. Um, so, I, it seems like it's a, a weekly thing that I uh, keep bringing these up, this, this story about Carson Wentz being traded, not being traded, or what's going on. So the latest um, update with it is Ron Jaworski said that the Colts are offering uh, two second-round picks and a mid-round pick for Carson Wentz, and that's uh, the best offer out there. The Eagles want at least a first-round pick for Wentz, which, I mean, you draft him in the first round, you know, he was... Very good quarterback. He was an MVP candidate in 2017. So, yeah, you know, it would make sense you would want a first rounder. But much like the Eagles offseason, they're just screwing this up even more. Um, obviously, Wentz wants to go to Indy over Chicago because of Frank Wright. He trusts them. Offensive line is one of the top ones out there in the NFL. Uh, just would make the perfect fit, I think, to re-energize his career. And really, you know, the Colts and any other teams that are involved in the the trade talks have all the, the cards. Really, Philly has totally screwed themselves here. Um, if they trade Wentz, it's like 32 or 35 million dollars of dead money 
And if the Colts or Bears or any other teams that don't trade for Wentz, how do you bring Wentz back to the team? With all the stuff floating out there, you know, it, it came out that Wentz is fine with the coach. He's fine with Jeffrey Lurie. He just hasn't answered any of Howie Roseman's phone calls. And, and with all the teams kind of backing off now and, and this Carson Wentz trade kind of losing steam here, now there's news of possibly Zach Ertz being packaged in a deal with Carson Wentz. Now, we, we knew Ertz was getting traded roughly about a week after the, the season ended. Um, Philly came out and, well, Philly really didn't come out, but the reports came out saying that no matter what, Ertz will not be playing with Philadelphia next year. The other part of this is the salary cap numbers. Um, kind of came out, I, I guess they're still trying to figure it out, but not as bad shape as we all thought. Um, we, we, us fans, all thought we were going to be looking at sixty to seventy million dollar um, over the cap space, but here we're, we're only forty nine. Which, even if, even if you trade uh, Wentz and Ertz, Ertz would be twelve and a half million dollar hit, and Wentz is twenty five. Even though thirty three would be dead money, so you're still over the cap by about 15 million dollars and oh, and the other thing I read today too was one of the Philadelphia reporters I think it was Les Bowen was reporting that if they trade once away do not be surprised if Philly takes a quarterback at number 6 why in God's name would you do that you know, you, you, Howie Roseman and uh, well, I, I, I guess we gotta say a little bit of Jeffrey Lord here made this situation by drafting Jalen Hurts last year. Made this little quarterback controversy. You know, he let Nick Foles walk hoping it, it would relieve some of the drama from Carson Wentz only to draft a quarterback. Also, why would you draft a quarterback when you got Jalen Hurts still on a rookie contract? Um, probably a million or two million dollars he's making. So if you go draft a quarterback at number six, you're probably looking at five to seven million dollars uh, for that quarterback. So you're tying up ten million dollars in a quarterback position that Hurts, we don't know if he's any good. He started off hot. He fizzled out a little bit at the end there. If you want to... And the thing is, too, you get rid of Wentz and Hurts. You, you got to admit, you're going into a, a rebuild. And you might as well tear the whole thing down and do it the right way, not half-ass. I mean, as much as I like Brandon Graham... Hate to see him go. See what what players you could trade away to get some draft picks and, and relieve some of that salary cap stress for the new rookie head coach. And yet, you know, the other thing too, why Zach Ertz may be getting 
additives package, hoping to bump maybe one of those second rounders into a first round pick or maybe both second second into the first round pick is the fact that the Colts don't look like they're going to have much depth at that position. Um, I think two of them are leaving in free agency and I think Jack Doyle might be the only valuable uh, option there. And if you bring Zach Ertz in Let's not forget, the year Ertz broke the reception record for tight ends was because Wentz was feeding him the ball. And that's when the, the drama started there, that he was favoring him more than the other receivers and all that hoopla. Well, Frank Reich likes to use tight ends. It was proven when he came to Philly and it's still being shown in, in Indy. So I, I think the move for Ertz and Wentz to Indy would be really good for both of their careers. The problem is I don't think Philly will get a first round pick. And by the time they pull the trigger on here, Indy may just pull out and say, you know what? Third round pick or nothing. And then, like I said earlier, what does Philly do then? Can't cut Wentz. That's just stupid. How do you bring him back into the room? I, I, I think Laurie, once again, has to look at himself in the mirror and say, who's running this organization? Me or Howie Roseman? And he just blundered a, a possible trade away. And he's got to fire him. And on top of that, you're going to have to trade Ertz because there's no way you're going to be able to keep both of these quarterbacks in the same room. The tension is just going to be too tight there for both quarterbacks to be able to function and not worry about looking over their shoulder or anything like that. Now, I still say keep uh, Wentz. And I'm not saying that because of the contract, but figure out different ways to get underneath the salary cap there. You know, Jason Peters, let him walk. Deshaun Jackson, love him, but time to move on from him. Alshon Jeffrey, we know, is going to be going. Um, Malik Jackson may be getting cut. So there, there are some ways to get underneath the salary cap and be able to keep Wentz. And he's only, what, 27, 28 years old? So you... Keep him around. Draft young. I've been saying this whole offseason, Devontae Smith from Alabama should be there, hopefully there. And if he's not there, Chase from LSU would be there. Get him some weapons. You know, Peter's walking away. We have Jordan at left tackle, who played really well when he was in there. Don't know why he got benched anyways. Um... Kelsey may be back. We're still trying to figure out if he's going to retire or not. Lane Johnson, our right tackle, still a very good run blocker, pass blocker. You know, all we need is a couple receivers. And, you know, maybe a couple of defensive uh, pieces. But you trade away Zach Hurts, Jalen Hurts, and you can get some of those draft picks. 
do make some moves this year and maybe within maybe not this year but maybe next year you'd be able to push for a Super Bowl championship now this past week uh, this past weekend I should say it was UFC, UFC 258 I actually tuned in for it I wasn't going to watch it because I, I saw what the car looked like and I was like meh um, a lot of good it turned out to be you know some pretty decent fights uh, kind of surprised with the Usman fight um, in a way I guess you know I, I thought maybe Gilbert Burns how it started in the first round I thought it was going to end like that for Usman but second round seemed like Usman just finally got his, his uh, footing and everything and just started picking Burns apart eventually knocking him out in the second round and I, I felt bad for for uh, Gilbert Burns because as soon as the ref called it off and Burns set up, all you heard was sobbing, sobbing and crying. And you saw Usman, who was a former teammate of his, want to go over and you know console him and stuff like that. Um, and eventually they did kind of bury the hatch. I guess there was a little bit of. Not necessarily bad blood, but some trash talk and bad talk, whatever you want to call it. And before I talk uh, about Usman and the power rankings and things like that, one of the other fights that I was uh, impressed with was the Macy Barber, um, the, the Macy Barber fight, and Alexa Grasso. I mean, Macy Barber was supposed to be the next. Conor McGregor, you know, the next big, big thing for that women's division. She fought Roxanne last year and blew her knee out, even though Roxanne was winning that fight before the, the knee went out. This was her first fight back since the injury. And she looked okay until Gracio just knocked her out. Or, you know, knocked her down a couple times. And just showed really good boxing. Ended up winning by decision. All three, all three rounds. Um, I think Gracio uh, is going to be a contender within the next fight or two. I think she still needs another, definitely another fight. You know, this should move her up to uh, like top eight, maybe, because um, I think she came in as number fifteen. Macy Barber was like tenth. Um. Another fight that actually was pretty good, and it was kind of like a behind, uh, come from behind win, in my opinion, was the the very first fight on the main card. It was uh, Marquez versus Pitolo, and <laughs> I, I gotta say Marquez is a little shout out, um, call out, whatever you want to call. As much as I don't like Miley Cyrus, for him to call her out to be his Valentine's, that was that was pretty funny. But as far as Kamara Usman, you know, he moved up to number four on the overall pound-for-pound pound power rankings. And I don't agree with it. Um, he moved up above Stiepe Miocek, who's number five now. And if you compare Stiepe versus Usman, just look at the past like 10 or so fights between both of those fighters. Usman, out of the past 
like 10 fights or so, really only fought five good fighters. And one of them was Masvidal, who was on a six-day um, notice. You know, Robbie Lawler, a little bit older, fought him there. Um, Gilbert Burns was a good fighter. Tyrone Woodley, I'm sorry. At that stage, he just isn't the same fighter as he used to be. He's average, honestly, I think. And we're going to see that with his next fight. Um, I think it just got announced last week or so. I forget who he's fighting now. But um, Woodley was the champ at the right time of his career. And now he's just kind of fading away in a way. But yet you look at Stiepe... You know, fought Daniel Cromier, Francis Nagano, um, oh Jesus, I think Curse, did he fight Curse Blades? But he fought, you know, Cromier two of the three times he won. Um, Junior Dos Santos, you know, like, these are really tough guys. And really, all that Usman fought, like I said, was Woodley, who was... On, on, you know, on a decline. Kobe Covington, I'll give him that. You know, that was a good fight that he, he pretty much won. Uh, Rafael Dos Sanchos, who's 2-2 two and two the past four fights. Damian Mia, won by decision. That's a good fight there. But really hasn't fought anybody. You know? And for people to say he should be pound for pound the fourth place person I, I can't get behind that to take a step further you look at GSP everybody's some people like Joe Rogan I think you said on the um, on the show is Usman the best welterweight champion ever to do it do are you forgetting about GSP GSP has nine title defenses Usman only has got three He's got the same amount of defenses against uh, Matt Hughes. Matt Hughes only had three. And Matt Hughes is also one, one of the greatest out there. He's a Hall of Fame fighter, so is GSP. I think Usman needs to fight and defend his belt a few more times against top quality fighters. Now, the, you know, he's trying to get the Jorge Masvidal fight to go again which I, I I would like to see it you know um, not make excuses because I mean Usman won that fight but it was only on six days notice Masvidal wasn't really training for a fight or anything like that so he had six days to cut the weight and just put some type of game plan together I, I would like to see how different it would go now we did see with Gilbert Burns a little bit different technique in, in Usman's boxing. I mean, how he's quickly able to switch his stance and, and screw up Burns, which is what put Burns away. But Masvidal is a very good boxer. So, on the feet, maybe equal. When it gets down to the ground, I would have to kind of give it to Usman. But it's one. It's the question, you know, can Usman get Masvidal down to the ground without taking any punishment or, or punches and get himself in trouble? So 
So I, I, I just, I don't know. Now, the next couple fights for um, the top four of the pound for pound ranking all have fights coming up. So it could change. You know, we got Siepe um, going up against Nagano in March. We still don't know what's going on with Habib, even though he still says he's retired. Dana White's holding it out. Uh, Dustin Poirier and Connor are in the works for May, I believe. So if these guys lose, then yeah, okay, Usman deserves to get bumped up. But as of right now, he should not be number four or higher. Just can't see it. So, I mean, like I said, there's not much sporting news to talk about this week. I mean, baseball, um, pitchers and catchers reported today. I saw the Phillies with uh, Joe Girardi coming out to the field there. So, baseball will be starting up soon. With hockey, you know, the whole COVID thing is starting to get interesting. A lot, a lot more teams are putting a lot more players on the, the COVID list. Are they going to be able to finish out the season and make up the games that they had to postpone? And the funny part is basketball is really the only one that's not having any issues. So these next few weeks are going to be interesting for sports, I believe. And hopefully we have a lot more to talk about for you guys. No garage talk this week uh, because like I said, they were off last week. We kind of covered Bristol with Josh last week but we will definitely have Garage Talk back next week to recap Bristol and then whatever race is that Friday so make sure you guys tune back in next week for the show plus Garage Talk so before I go make sure you guys head over to staytunesports.net like and share and subscribe to all of our social media accounts and our YouTube channels as well as the merch tab is up top there in case you want to buy some t-shirts or hoodies. Make sure you, you go on there. Sometimes uh, Zazzle has some pro- promo codes, 10, 15, 20% off. So till next week, it's your good friend Jimbo signing out.